Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. For the past two weeks, we've been in a series about gifts. Uh, to God. The name of the series is called God's Gift, but we are so accustomed to hearing about gifts that God gives to us. And the Bible even says that He loads us down with benefits every day. So it's not an unusual or abnormal thing for, for God to give us Gifts, the Lord loves to do that, by the way. However, so much focus is put on what we can get at this time of year or even what we can give other people. And very little time, if any at all, is spent on thinking about or being intentional on what kind of gift can I give back to God or what can I give Him. And the first Sunday we talked about giving God Glory in the highest. Because you give glory to somebody or something and it gets your highest glory. It does. It's important to you. You're passionate about it. You love it. It's dear to you. It can be family. It can be a hobby. It can be your job. It can be anything. But there's, there's, a, there's at least one thing in everybody's life that you, like, you might collect stuff. And if you're not careful, there is one thing but probably more. But there's one thing that gets your highest glory. That means you will make exceptions for it, that you think about it all the time. It's on your heart. It's in your mind. It, it, it's, whether we like to say it or not, it's getting my highest glory. And we talked about the first week, that gift that we want to give back to God. This is for the sake of those who have not been here, or maybe you forgot, that God said when he gave us Jesus that glory in the highest was to be given to him, then there'd be peace on earth. And I told you two weeks ago that I, I like to think of that for my own self as like a math equation, glory to God in the highest and an equal sign, peace on earth. Peace on the physical earth, but peace on this piece of earth right here because we're made out of clay. And then there will be goodwill toward men. And then last week, so every time you give God the highest glory, that means you tell everything else, I don't care how important it is or critical it is, no, 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 you can't have God's glory now. You're going to get glory and you're going to get time and attention and focus, but the highest glory, that means I put God first all the time in everything. No exceptions. There's never a time where I make an excuse and I just say, God, you're just going to have to hold tight right now, and I know you understand because I've been a Christian a long time. Next week, last week, we talked a lot about God's Word and how God's Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what all of this and all this with these children was about, about Jesus coming to us because God wanted to no longer give his word just through a priest, 
or a prophet, but God wanted you to have access to his word, so God's word became flesh, and it dwelled among us. And we talked about how it's important to walk in God's word, to speak God's word, to let God's word be a lamp to your feet. That's your source. And be a light, your path. That's your GPS. That's the direction you go in any time that is not in place. You're going you're gonna to be doing the wrong thing because the so it's about like if you eat bad food all the time and you wonder why you gain pounds or you get sick. That's why. And that happens with the Word. When the Word's in place, my source is correct and my direction is accurate because His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, all of these gifts that we're going to talk about are wrapped up in the love of God. And that's what this gift is about today. Back to God is, is the gift of God's love. And they're wrapped with a red ribbon, a red bow. I don't know if you paid attention a while ago, but the name of Jesus upstairs is covered in blood. And that is so that not when a child gets 13 or 18 or 21 or an adult and they start some type of devotion on their own, but I want the smallest child that ever steps foot up there to know that their sins are washed away and forgiven only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And yes, I want them to know it at three years of age. And you watch what will happen at some point in time you know, I, I got to go back to that. And I know I'm, this is all radio and internet. I don't, I don't, I, listen, I'm here to have church. I'm not here to perform, okay? About three months ago, and I'm, I'm retelling a story because I got to, God changed. He just flipped everything upstairs. We got away from this whimsical look. It looks, it looks very mature, don't it? It does. And that's because I know the day and hour I'm living in. It's not time to be cute and funny and fuzzy and bright. It's time to nail it down. You hear me? And let children know he was beaten, he was stabbed, he was murdered, he was spit on a crown of thorns, he did miracles, he was born in a manger, he uh, raised dead people. I want them to know it when they're a baby. I don't want them to wait. I want them to know that he said, Lazarus, come forth. I want them to know that it's because the blood of Jesus. That's how they can be saved. That's how they can be victorious. And that's how they can step on the head of the devil and say in the name of Jesus, you have to flee. I know that. And I told you that because somebody will say, well, don't you just think that's just too graphic for a child? See, I thought about all this stuff, and I really don't want nobody to pester me with that, and I mean that in a very Christian way. I don't want anybody to waste my time or God's time with that foolishness. 
Because it's always been, I've been doing this over 30 years. You hear me? Over 30 years. And uh, people are the same everywhere. Denominal, non-denominal, church, Christian, atheist, doesn't matter. People are the same. You hear me? And the people that always come up with that lame mess are the ones that will always stick their children at home in front of a graphic, violent video game or movie so they don't have to raise them and watch them, but then they want to come get all up in your mess and tell you how graphic something is in church. Get behind me, devil. All right? So, if he got in your head while you were here, and I'm in a great mood, by the way, I just wanted to go ahead and escort him right out of your head because I won't waste my time, man. I prayed, fasted, prayed, cried. And people's worked a long time to do what we've done and get where we are. So I, we're, we're not playing around here. And I, I just, I, I, I am so off the subject almost. But I want you to know time is short. We can't play church games. And if this just seems too straightforward for people or you don't like the direction that the church is going in, I would really, and I mean this in a loving way, I would recommend you finding a place where they do it just like you like it and it never confronts your comfort zone. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus is going to judge me one day by what I do behind this metal pulpit. And I want to do it right. Because I love you, and I love him. Okay, now, all of these gifts are wrapped up in God's love. Now, God loves all of us. He loves everybody more than you could ever understand in a thousand lifetimes with the highest intelligence known to man. You just cannot comprehend a God that loves like that. You have no way because we, we grade and we measure everything by what we call love around us. Most of the time, that love is superficial and it's conditional. Amen? It, it is, preacher. But God's love to us and for us it's kind of summarized in Romans 5 and 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That word commended means that to come together or to be with or to be near or to be a Part of. So you could say this. God wanted to take his love that he had for you in heaven. And he wanted to bring it right near you. Right around you. Right in you. Together. About you. That's what he wanted to do. So God commended his love. He didn't just tell you from heaven on a big throne, I love you. No, he didn't. He commended it. He sent his love. He brought his love. He gave his love while you were a sinner and couldn't pay your tithes or serve him or sing to him or worship him. 
God brought his love together to this planet, to us, so that we could enjoy it. And in order to understand God's love, just like his word, should never return void. Last week, you remember, it, it, it's going to accomplish what it sent out to do. But to understand it, you've got to understand his love in that same context. You've got to understand that when God's love goes forth, and it is, it's around us. God loves us all the time. He does not like choices we make. He hates sin, but he loves man that was created in his own image. And when his love, like his word, goes forth, his love should always come back to him. That's why it's a gift to him with something attached to it. And in order to help you understand that, I've got to explain something called the law of reciprocation. I don't know that I would tell you to Google it, look, look it up, because I didn't get it off the Internet. I got it off the Holy Ghost net. Something God just, I got to tell you how it happened. This week, we were, you know, like ex extreme home makeover, trying to just throw everything everywhere just so it could be presentable for Sunday morning. This reciprocating saw was laying around because it was, it was used with a lot of other tools. It was laying around. I saw it. And that Holy Ghost net is what I'm talking about. Lord said, stop. Grab that. I grabbed it. I put it on that table back there until I brought it up here. And the Lord said, people would understand my love and what I think about my love, how I feel about my love, if you'd kind of explain how a, a reciprocating saw works. So this is the law of reciprocation. You see, what, what this reciprocating saw does, it's got these teeth on here, and it goes back and forth. It doesn't just cut one way. Every time it moves, it cuts. It cuts that way, and then when it's being retrieved, reciprocated, it, it comes back and cuts as well. So it's going and working and accomplishing that way, and it's coming back this way. It's going it's a, and it's accomplishing this way. It reciprocates. It comes back. It's back and forth. And that's the kind of love that God commended to man. It's the kind that he intends not to just be received, but be reciprocated or be to sent back to him. And guess what? Only a small margin of a percent is done with these lips right here. So, you're giving God the gift of love right now whenever you send it. When, whenever you are the first week, you're giving God glory in the highest. You're telling everything else. And I'm going to tell you, 
It, this never happens, never happens automatically. You have to work on it because you have to, like Paul said, you have to bring your body, your flesh, not my will, not my intent. You have to really bring your flesh into, into subjection in order to give God glory in the highest. But what you do, not only are you telling God you really are first place, and I'm not saying it with my mouth, I'm proving it with my lifestyle. You're reciprocating the love of God because what that's saying to God, hey, he really loves me more than he does this. She really loves me more than that because she won't even allow that to take place in her life because she loves me. You're reciprocating that love. God's love to you never stops. But our love back to him, it's, it's so inconsistent, it's not funny. And so when you not only give God the highest glory in your life, you never shout or praise or do anything like you do for God because you don't want anything else in your life to be equal with that passion for God. Understand me so far? Okay, likewise with His Word. When you walk in His Word, you delight in His Word, you are led by His Word, and you are dictated and mandated by His Word, His commandments, you are reciprocating because you're showing God that you love what He says more than what anybody or any else Anything else said. So the whole time you're receiving love, and when you're walking in the Word, living by the Word, speaking the Word, you're sending the love right back to God. It's coming all the time, but now we've got a pattern, and it's going back to God. So you're reciprocating the Lord's glory. Uh, our the, the thing, before I read this verse to you, the thing about this reciprocating saw right here, you can have the tool, you can have the blade. But if you don't have the battery, you can pull that trigger all day long and you will not do a thing. You won't get a thing accomplished because this requires energy. And there's the such thing as the reciprocating law scripture that is found in Mark 12:30. Bet you didn't know that, did you? You never read that on the back of a, a blade packet at Lowe's. You never saw that in your DeWalt, Makita, Milwaukee, Porter, Cable, Cobalt, whatever kind you have. They got so many, it ain't funny. But you never read that. I didn't know there was a scripture that went with this thing. There is. In the spiritual world, and it says this, And thou shalt... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So why is that the battery? That's the battery because, you see, when you give God Glory in the highest, when you are constantly a student and a lover of the Word of God, you are showing God that your life is going to be charged by your passion for Him, by your priority for Him. And can I tell you, it's not a one-time decision. You have to make it every day because your flesh Every day of your life is crying out for things outside of God in this world. Every day, your flesh is crying out. 
And in order, in order to do what God wants you to do, reciprocate His love, you've got to have a love for His glory, and you've got to have a love for His Word. And the only way you can do that, you'll never do it if your love is not in His glory, nor is it in His Word. You won't reciprocate His love. And I don't care who tells you what or how you feel or how you say, well, preacher, you're just kind of taking that to an extreme. It is extreme. And I'm taking it as, as far as extreme as I can because nobody can love or equal the love God has for us. But you can sure turn it back to Him, honey, if you will. You can give it to Him. And that's what He said. When you love God above everybody and everything else and you're reciprocating it back, it's like you were giving God a gift of exclusiveness. Nobody, nothing means what God means to me. And so now, I've made my mind up. I, I'm not going to give anybody the glory, anything in my life. I'm just going to have to explain some things to people. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to say it in a way where it's not embarrassing. I'm just going to flat out tell people, nope, this is when I do this. I'm going to tell my stomach, I don't care. Nope, I've set this. This is me and God right now. Regular basis. I tell you, you're about to enter this season. Some of you are anyway. You're about to enter it, and that's what it looks like. It's decision-making time. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you do all this, church, you got to understand you always got a devil trying to do what preachers are doing. As, I do, as I'm preaching right now, say everything but the truth, water it down, distract you, make you just love them. I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be hated, but the attention is not on me right now. Can we agree on this? The attention is on what the Spirit of God is saying to all of us. I'm just delivering your mail and my mail right now. But it's not about me. It's not about saying Opie preached a good message or a bad message. I don't have a message for you. I want to make that clear. All I have is the Word of God that I'm giving by the leading and the unction of God. That's all I have for you here. So I don't need any darts and I don't, I don't need any uh, cupcakes or glory. I'm just telling you what God is saying to us at this hour, and so it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about what God is wanting to do to us and through us. And in order for God to do through us what he wants to do, we've got to really know about this love and about pulling the trigger because I want to do it. I'm making my mind up. I'm telling people this is the way it is until the rapture happens or my time comes. I'm doing this. I'm, I, I go to church at this time. I pray at this time. I'm not eating on these days because I'm fasting. I uh, get, why, what, 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 tie check, what's that all about? You, see, you have all this you'll have to deal with out there with them, but you make your mind up who's getting the highest glory from this day out. You make your mind up whose word are you walking in and walking by. And it'll be a fight. It's not easy. We'll stand here, I'll get goosebumps, we'll like it, we'll clap, and we'll just celebrate, and all that's great and fine and good. But when you get out there, and when it's time for something spiritual to take place again, it's decision time all over again. It's love. 
determining time all over again. And so God's saying, pull the trigger. And it's harder now to be nice to people in the world because people are sicker now, it seems, amen, than they've ever been. But people's always been this way because the devil has always been the devil. So why do I need to pull the trigger? So God can love through you, okay? Your battery, tool, blade, trigger. Why do I have to do this? Why can't I just mind my own business? come to church when I want to, give a little bit of money, help out every now and then. Why do I have to be concerned with God loving through me? Because God loves you so much that he's allowing you to be a vessel that he can work through. Old timers in here, I want to be more like you. Oh, I... I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. Because I want to be more like you. I'm going to read you the verse right now. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading... Through us. Did you get it? King James says beseech. It means pleading. It means calling. It means getting. It means capturing. It means holding. It, it, it just means begging God. At, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God is pleading to the world through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Did that... that form of that word is used over a hundred times in the New Testament. So if you've never thought about yourself in that way, I'm just serving notice right now. Today's the day to start that. Don't look at yourself as some little wimpy Christian minding your own business. Oh, I don't want to ruffle no feathers now in this cancel culture. Oh, where everybody's getting, and it's about, you know, I just saw a feed the other day where they about to the United States, and I forgot how many other countries I uh, really signed this big thing about everything from censorship, misinformation, all that hogwash. But all, the, all these things are, are, are just conditions that have to be met before the Antichrist can be the only voice, the only God, and the only institution left. Y'all don't see it that way, but that's the way it is. Everything about it. Well, I heard this on TV, and that's your first problem, those two letters, TV. My friend works at so-and-so, and they know so-and-so, and they've got a 19th cousin that works in the White House. I've begged y'all for two and a half years. I have begged you. Oh, I have begged you. I've begged you. I've told you. Everything that's been going on is part of a big puzzle. In fact, nobody knows this, but you could go back in our archives. I dare you. And go to August of 2020. There's a sermon series called... Uh, now, it's going to upset people. It is. It's going to upset people. But it, I won't, your focus shouldn't be on being upset. Your focus should be on the fact 
that everything that's been going on is, is a huge part of a big puzzle. I think I used those exact words back then, way before all the other stuff come out. It was just God setting the groundwork. If you understand that everything down to money, currency, I, the Lebanese dollar, it, it was like crazy compared to American dollar. It just happened over the weekend. Uh, and all of these things must come into place. Everything about your life, everything about your life has to all be part of a one world order. I just made Facebook go berserk just then. I did. I really did that. They're throwing up so much misinformation boxes right now if we're not knocked off already. Uh, and, and that drives them crazy because we're supposed to hush. But I'm speaking on behalf of God. I'm not speaking on behalf of the government, my opinion, how you're going to feel about what I, I'm talking on behalf of that book right there. And in order for the Antichrist to be ready to assume his role, there has to be one money. There has to be one way. There has to be one government. There has to be a way to control every person on the planet. And all of this has to do with you and I right now feeling less and less obligated to show God's love. That's what all that little 10-minute spill was about. Because now... People are meaner. People, they don't see things the way we do, so we stay away from them, and they act like they don't like us happy. Oh, so we stay away from them. Well, I think I heard they voted another way, so I stay away from them. And so now we just mind our own little business, and that ambassador thing for Christ, as though God was pleading through us, oh, that's been packed up and put away. Can anybody hear me right now? Because we feel less obligated to show the love of God, although His love is nonstop, never-ending. Now there's a reason why we don't really need to love everybody all the time. Amen? There's stuff going through your mind right now. People you done marked off. Groups you've done marked off. Can I take you back to the cross of Jesus Christ? As that soldier drove that spike in the hand of Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You hadn't went through anything like that. You've never faced that much assault. And so we put our love up. We don't pray, Father, forgive them. We pray, Father, get them. So that pleading... I'm taking my time, and I know I am, and it seems like he's rambling. I'm not. That's the Holy Ghost trying to get you to listen right now. I ain't rambling. I'm not stuck. I'm not hung up like I do. I get frazzled with everything that's gone on this week and this morning. No, man, this has been one of the best frames of mine, and I give God the glory that I've been in a long time, and I thought I was going to be fit to be tied today. But we don't want to love anymore. We don't have to love anymore. And so, John 15, 13 tells us how we need to look at people and how we need to look at love. You know the Bible verse, greater love, it means there's no love greater than this, 
Greater love has no man than this right here, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And in this building, on that camera, in whatever country, there are people that God's not asking you to die, give your life for somebody in the sense of execution. Some possibly would, no doubt. But what God is wanting you to do is to lay your life down. Your wants, your it's got to be about me first, and then I see if there's anything left over for you or for God. Greater love has no man than this, than you lay down your life. I really wanted that. I, 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 I wanted that. They posted that job. And I wanted it. Nice raise, better hours. I wanted it. That's a single mother with three children working two jobs. And, and I know she can get it if I just withdraw my, my letter. Greater love has no man than this. See, when it starts hurting, that's when you start loving in the eyes of God. It's probably not love if it don't hurt. His love hurt. And for you to have a good godly love, most of the time your love is going to hurt. Greater love has no man than this. Then he lays down his life for his friend. Not his young and not his grandboys and granddaughters. For his friend. You see, that's why this trigger don't work without that battery right there. That battery right there means laying it down. Is anybody hearing what the Spirit's saying today is what I want to ask you right now. Think of, think of this. We've heard a lot about a, an ID here lately, RFID chips and all that over the past two or three decades. That's radio frequency identification, by the way. But just like our our reciprocating verse, there is also what I like to think of as a God ID verse. And it's found in the 13th chapter. I feel the same Spirit of God I felt over there that, that Billy felt back there. I just feel it right now. Your God ID verse is found in John 13. By this, all men will know Get ready for this. Are y'all sitting down? This is like the if the other week. By this, I'm going to show you what it is. All men will know you're my disciple. Not you attend multitudes, not that you say you are Christian. By this, 
all men will know that you are my disciple. If you have love one to another. Galatians 6.10 By this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith, church folk. By this. And today I picked my phone up this morning and looked. I say I couldn't believe it, but I can believe it. Scripture today, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves... Not who says it. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I'm telling you, this law of reciprocation, if you could get it today, nothing you get next Sunday or whatever day would mean a thing to you compared to that because you would learn the other lesson God taught us that it's better to give than to receive you'd learn that let us love one another because when you love and I want to say this without being offensive God help me Lord love can't be still Love can't be lazy. Love cannot be selfish. Love cannot be predictable. Love cannot be the victim. Love can't be too busy that it can't love. I know you say, well, I've been a Christian a long time. But have you been born of God a long time? Because if you love, that's what God says, you're born of me. I, I'm, I'm closing. I know it seems I've been dragging and, boy, a lot's been going on today. But a lot's got to go on. And I want to leave you with this. God is, God is constantly... Loving, but God is so hungry. It's Christmas. I pray that somebody here, I wish the whole church would, we, we, something would click inside of us. We'd start loving people we don't like. We'd start loving people that are just completely, uh, that get on our nerves. Oh, my word. Why'd you have to go there? I mean, you do know family comes in at Christmas, right? I want God to get, I want him to get a reciprocating love.
this morning, I know I've been awake at least since prior to 3 o'clock, wide awake. And we are uh, so short-staffed today, and um, I couldn't get in 11 hours yesterday. But the Spirit of God just said, go home. And the Spirit of Angie, too. But I went home. And so this morning, I tried to get my mind, oh, how I can get this fixed and how I can get this said all before people get here because, you know, we're just, we're just out a lot of people today. Which means to you, love can't be still. We got to train a lot of people. Amen? Amen? I'm talking to the people we got to train. Amen? Amen? Yeah, we got to train a lot of people. And I thank God for the people that are up out of the bullpen just throwing strikes right now. Amen. Give them a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, I'm going to get through it quick. Um, I laid there going through all kinds of scenarios. The devil just taunted me and going through the message again and just still worried. And God did something that I absolutely, two things. This, this might help you more than what I shared with you today. And it may not. But God said, son, quit thinking about everything wrong. Who's not going to be there? Quit thinking about what's not done yet and think about the one thing that you know is right and that is my word that you're going to share. He said, let's focus on that. And I'm telling you, I was led like that and it was like, in a good way, somebody had opened a chiller and it went down my body. I felt the presence of the Lord and a load come off of me, and I lay there, and it's like God rewound the last three days of this week for me to teach me something. And that was on Thursday, you know, we got a re me and Angie both had two procedures. And about two weeks ago, I had fractured a tooth, and... Um, I got in locally, and my dentist, uh, they were working together to try to get it pulled because he said, if it completely breaks, you're going to have a lot of pain. And I said, well, whatever. And by the time they got ready to pull it, which was last Friday, they showed me the x-rays and says, okay, it, it would really... It would be better if you went to this doctor, Pinehurst, because he has the tools. That's all he does that. Because you might be in a situation where you either need a, a, uh, a partial or I don't recommend a bridge or either an implant. 
And he's got the tools to get it since it's fractured without doing a lot of bone damage. And he can also do a graft, bone graft. Well, I've been real, real careful and scared and trying to eat on the opposite side. And I can tell you, up until Thursday when, when I went to this, and, and they didn't have appointments to, to uh, February, but I explained the situation. By the way, this is a free thought. Me and Angie pray for favor every day of our life. Every day. You pray for money, I pray for favor. And Blaise said, well, let me check. She called me back. She said, can you come Friday, Thursday at 2? See, that's what favor will do. Favor will put you on the books when there's no space. That happens to us all the time. And it's all because I, I give God the glory because we pray for favor. When we park our car, when we're waiting in line to go eat somewhere, I pray it because people leave it untouched in heaven. I don't. I pray it all the time. And I'm not talking about this name it, claim it junk that people just get out here and get all non-biblical about. I'm just saying, God, would you show me your favor? That's how Mary had Jesus because she found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so all the way up until Thursday, I thought about everything from my tooth breaking to what it was going to do. I wasn't going to be able to preach. They done told me it could cost as much as $7,500 to do everything that they had thought maybe might be done. I said if it was one of them in the back, we wouldn't worry about it. But Reggie had already told me we're going to have a hillbilly preacher. And then my son-in-law does what all son-in-laws do, good son-in-law. We were looking at lights Friday night. He said, boy, we're going to remember this 2020 tooth. And up until Thursday, Angie can tell you, I was kind of paranoid for her because she was paranoid. But y'all, I had this gnawing in my stomach. I had this, this thing that I was just not wanting to take place. I thought about every scenario in the world and then she said, I want it to be over for you. I said, I, I've been put to sleep for everything from shoulder surgery to kidney stones. I said, I've went through all that, but no, I've had all kind of wisdom teeth taken out, everything. I said, but this has got me. And I was worried, sick worried, up until I got into the chair about 2 o'clock. The lady said, now, he, he's real He's real low-key, he, and he, he's real soft-spoken. And he come in there, I don't know if he's a Christian or an atheist, I do care, but he came in there and he sat beside me and I'm looking at this big window and it's raining and he says, he starts telling me this. He starts walking me through all the different options and scenarios and he goes into great detail not in a hurry I said I promise this is the last question I'm going to ask you he said you ask me as many questions as you want to ask me but after about 20 to 25 minutes 
he, he did this. He had me, and he still had to work on me. And I told him later, I said, look, man, you, you were phenomenal. I said, but you taught me straight off of the edge of that cliff that I've been standing on for, for two weeks. I said, and I really appreciate that. And then he said, listen, we're going we're gonna to pull your tooth and you won't feel it. And we'll figure out whatever you're going to do as far as your options. And I went in there and this, and I'm not trying to be graphic or nothing like that. I'm trying to make a point that somebody, somebody here or there is going to understand. I sit in that chair and I didn't get, I didn't understand what I'm telling you to force something this morning. I sat in that chair. And he he'd already told me some teeth come out in three minutes, some it takes an hour. About 30 minutes in, I said, I'm not the three-minute guy, am I? And he went, he would go tool after tool, grind and grind, grab another tool, and then he got to a point. He said, Listen, you're going to, don't let this bother you. And he got a hammer and he started hitting, like Three Stooges type deal thing. Yeah. I didn't feel it though. My head was jerking the whole time the hammer was hitting. And then he would try other things. And then he would go back and he would do some more work. And he said, now you're about to hear something. It's probably this tooth. It's going to break. He said, but don't let it bother you. And it did. And I heard it. And then more of the hammer and the other stuff about maybe 30, 45 minutes in. And then finally, I never felt anything, but I heard him say, hmm. And then he started with the bone graft, and I could tell they were sewing me up and all that. I'm telling you, I never felt it. And then he told me at the end, he said, you know, ran into something. I said, I'm sorry, but y'all were so good. You're so patient, and, and you, you just did great, because I didn't know when you took my tooth out. He said, well, I ran into something I ain't ran in a long time. He said, most teeth have two roots. He said, but that one had three roots. So God put them in there to stay. And for something this morning, God rewound that whole thing, or let me see it again. And he said, see, when you're not used to the love of God being reciprocated back to God, there must come a time in your life where you've just got to trust me he did that for me on the bed. He started talking me off of that cliff of worry today and being anxious. And he said, you're not going to feel anything. I endured it all on the cross. And he, he showed me that scripture. Here, take. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you have to let him get to a point, whether it's with tools or with an a grinder, or he has to do a lot of chip because we don't realize what is still in us as we claim to be children of God. But if the love of God is not being reciprocated out of us, we are not really being identified in the world's eyes as disciples of his. And I'm telling you, you've got to come to a place and I've got to come to a place, stand please, where we say, 
God, go ahead. Do what you've got to do in this heart of mine. Do what you've got to do with my priorities, with my glory, with what my source is, with what I choose to love and what I choose to call as loving. God, I want you to, because there's deep roots in us, church, that's selfish and self-serving. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked Him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer 
at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.